Welcome to... It's not a rod! It's an... Articulate Warbling. Hosted by Zach Ferguson. Edited and produced at Badgerstrift Studio. If you enjoyed this podcast, please contact us at pgttcm.com so we can make more. And let us know. We would love to make more of this show for you. And here he is, Zach Ferguson. Ho, ho, ho! My dear fellow warblers, have you got your mince pies and your cookies? Get off, my, get off, Rudolph! Stop humping my leg! I will twist that nose, that sore red nose. Oh, ho, ho! Ah, my fellow warblers, welcome to It's Not a Rant! Ho, ho, ho! It's Articulate Santorin, I mean, um, Father Christmas, oh, whatever the fuck you may call it. Ho, ho, ho! <laughs> Oh, 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 Rudolph, shine your light so I may see my way through these dark times as there are dark times ahead on Articulate Warbling this Christmas special episode. Oh, 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 oh Mrs. Claus, <laughs> clean up on Isle Santa. Oh, oh, oh. Today I shall be reviewing not a film of upon recent releases no 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 ho 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 no ho 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 for this i shall be reviewing once upon a deadpool ho 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 <laughs> hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to a christmas special with me zach ferguson and i'm going to be reviewing once upon a deadpool because last year it hit me in a real big bad way and I'm still a bit fucking bitter about it and I just wanted to review it and you know once upon a Deadpool uh, more like once upon a Deadpool was great and proved the studio system wrong that an R-rated movie can work and now what's happening they are conforming because in the light of Disney's transitioning and uh, taking over everything Fox related that great R-rated sensibility and that freedom and that push to have something you know such as Deadpool was not anymore Ho, ho, ah! Lewd, crude, violent, gore, harsh, impacting editing makes a film great. But once upon a Deadpool, that was awfulness. Deadpool Deadpool 2 was, and still is, one of my favourites of that year. And my hope for its future due to Fox's oddly reactionary, almost paranoid shift that they had to prove worth to Disney in the form of a film we never wanted to see and is the antithesis of the character's existence and meaning on screen. Deadpool is meaningful for that freedom, that meta-breaching, the fucking gore, you know, the fucking right old finger up the fucking studio system's arse. Oh, how can such a perfect film get so mauled and butchered and packaged and repackaged and be looked upon as well-intentioned? This film has been raped. This film is bad. It was terrible. Once Upon a Deadpool shows how editorially a movie can easily be corrupted. And it only literally exists to try gain favour with Disney back then when it was the demographics and the board meetings of ah, we're going to argue this to the depths of time. Ho, ho, ho. It was out of a fevered insecurity to prove Deadpool could work as a PG-13 film and could be part of the larger Marvel Universe. Whereas they could have just applied, well, 
we'll take ownership of Fox, but let, let's allow Fox to live on, uh, separated from the Disney brand. Let them allow to be Fox, but we just own it and we just uh, reap the rewards from the successes that comes from it. Like, they, they have that, 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 that ushering of confidence up on Avatar, but because it's PG-13 and it's get bums in seats, maybe, don't know. That's another thing up for debate, because I truly believe that James Cameron... Uh, and his well-intentioned Avatar films are going to sink a fucking ship. Worse than the Titanic. Worse than his envisioned Titanic sinking. But it was almost Ryan Reynolds curtailing to this, because overall he's like, I want that money. I've made so much money from Deadpool, I'm not sacrificing this creative union. But in a way you are sacrificing that creative union and that unilarity between you and that character and that world that you've created. Because it's... The whole point Deadpool was a success was it was hard R, it was going out there, it wasn't conforming. And now with Disney, it's Disneyfied. Disney allows Lucasfilm and other such sundry things that they have uh, associations with and studios and their properties and franchises, they let them live off in their own almost imprint uh, subdivisions, let them do what they need to do. But it seems to be, as soon as Fox was paid for they uh, they were abolishing fox searchlights so there's no form for indie fare and also the future of deadpool that looked so bright was like no we're not really interested and even not interested in introducing them to marvel's universe like so quickly and so abruptly they're like no we don't want to make money like that like there's reassurances that there's going to be more alien films and predator films we don't fucking need them or want them we want more deadpool Deadpool's successful because of the template and the manner and it's not blueprint, red print of how it's been offered onto us. Can't they see the success in that? And they're like, no, 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 no. It needs to conform to us and our superhero aesthetic and our superhero streamline of how things are marketed and packaged. Oh, it, it, the film's existence is contrary and detrimental to the overall reason Deadpool exists and works. Hello? Anyone seen X-Men Origins Wolverine? Mm. <laughs> Oh, oh, Santa. Oh, 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 yes, you just vomited all over Rudolph. <laughs> you will die now, or eat this bag of coal. So, anyway, you go see it, and you're like, mm, I'll give it a reason. And the thing was, it's like, let's curtail it. Let's make it a PG-13, which is in the UK a 12A, or sometimes, depending on the markability and the ploys and the stratagems, it didn't even fucking work. It backfired because Once Upon a Deadpool was still rated a fucking 15. The initial rating that Deadpool, the hard R version, as viewed worldwide and specifically in America and domestically, it's still got the same fucking rating. It didn't affect the fucking box office numbers here, there, everywhere. It's just a whole reason and resonances behind it was so Ryan Reynolds and studios and creative people behind it can go, look, we can make it PG-13 and people will see it. People are seeing Deadpool because it's Deadpool now. It's an iconographed uh, expectation thing. And I fucking hated it because everyone's like laughing in the cinema of Once Upon a Deadpool. Like, ah, oh, this is great because it's Deadpool. It's not fucking great because everything that makes Deadpool great is neutered, censored. Fucking awful. Also, it made the film boring, its choppiness, cutting its pace, its rhythm was all off. The cut was sloppy, and as evident as the cuts you see on commercial long-distant airliners, what they implement, so it's good for a, uh, you know, a family viewing, where, oh, come on, darling, come sit on my lap, because I can't afford the uh, $2 headphones, let's all share the same headphones, let's all watch it together. Also, it wasn't thematic at all with its new title, new purposes as a film to get re-released. It's meant to be Christmas orientated. You thought they might have made a couple of new scenes. They just took deleted scenes and refurbished them and it was just lazy and 
the antithesis of what Deadpool is. They started <laughs> personifying the things that they were taking the piss out of, studio-wise, commerciality-wise, marketing-wise, uh, com- commerciality-wise, capitalist-wise. It was a personification of capitalist idealisms through franchisement. This film wasn't released so the kiddies could see it, enjoy it as they deserve, because said kiddies already own it on Blu-ray, unrated. They don't care for your shtick, Ryan Reynolds, and I'm looking at you, Ryan Reynolds, as the audience was all the audience members that saw Once Upon a Time, a Deadpool, whatever the fuck it is, Once Upon a Deadpool, they were all over 25 and none younger as intentioned for two reasons. Kids don't care. As soon as they couldn't get in, they snuck in or illegally downloaded it. That and the whole make it accessible for the kids, kids is redundant. As I said, in the UK, it still got granted a ridiculous 15 rating. So what was the point? Why bother even putting it out when the intent was... For the children, it's for the children. It's hypocritical and ugly greed on foxes and yes, Ryan Reynolds fevered, agitated behalf. And also, if this is a 15, why the fuck is the first cut not an 18 in the UK? It takes Paul's humour and his satire and irrelevance and sucks life and edge out of it. I'm not joking, even the sound effects are toned down. And even the score! What the fuck is going on? This nonsense. That it's for charity. It's, It's... it, it ugh, baffles me and still baffles me to this day. And I even look up on Deadpool specifically now in a lower vein and in a almost condescending uh, manner. What the fuck? And if they try and re-release it in the future or try and make amends, it doesn't because it's shown them for the greedy little bitch boys they are contained within Hollywood. Reynolds is like, yeah, I'm the infant terrible of uh, comic book movies. Oh, I've I've started this new trend. Yeah, you kind of did, kind of didn't. And you've just wasted it away because your actions and motives and implications and applications are proven contrary. You absolute greedy Canadian. Oh, it really grinds my gears, it does. Oh, Santa, what do you think? I'm not Santa, I'm an elf. <laughs> I don't want elves in my studio, okay? Well, it's not my studio, it's my uh, one, one bedroom studio apartment. Oh, hello, Santa. Ho, 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 hello. One moment, let me have some hot chockey. Hey, Santa. <laughs> Yes, Mr. Ferguson, have you been a good boy? No, no, I don't give a fuck about being a good boy. Have a puff on this. Oh, no, I do not partake in the Mara JJ, but sometimes those bastards in those ghettos they spice those cookies, and I don't even think they're cookies, Mr. Ferguson. Do you know what they are? Yeah, they're hash browns. No, 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 you British people, you British people, you're British Santa. Oh, no, yes, 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 of course, of course, I'm not an American Santa, of course I'm not. <laughs> not like Billy Bob Thornton, look, Santa. Just have a puff on this and tell me what you think. Oh, hash browns go with breakfast. Yes, I'm not talking about hash browns, Santa. Oh, okay. Oh, Oh, my goodness gracious, what is that? It's tobacco, Santa. Oh, no! Do you know what tobacco does? Oh, it gives you cancer! What, wait, does it? Yes, young man. Fuck. Shit. Does this mean I've been a naughty boy this year? Oh, oh. I think you're fucking with me, Mr. Ferguson. I could be. 
Now get your fat ass out of my fucking studio. But it's not a studio. Yes, I know, it's a one bedroom. Yes, yeah, a one bedroom flat. It's not even that. More like a bedsit. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Santa. Why? Santa. Come here. Yes? I'm recording. And I don't want people to know that I'm a bum. Oh. But, but, but do you have a Facebook profile? Yes, I do. Well, they already know. What? Look at you, you greasy tub of lard. Biscuit pasted bullshitting bastard. Oh, that felt good. All that time you used to piss up the Christmas tree and I'd bend down to get a carrot for Rudolph and you'd, you'd coated it in that, in that horrible plastic stuff. Rudolph was choking for an age. <laughs> that was kind of, kind of funny. Um, okay. Anyway, what do you think I should talk about next on this episode? Oh, Christmas, no, I've already done that, I've already done the last Christmas review, and I think I lost a whole viewership. What? Because it was disingenuous? It wasn't disingenuous, Santa, I fucking loved last Christmas, okay? Oh, I think you read too much into it, young man. Even I thought it was a bit too simonomy. Yeah, well, what are we going to talk about next? I don't care. Oh, Rudolph. Shine your lights, it may give me a bone. Oh, I'm sorry. Santa, I think sometimes you f you forget where you are. Yes, I'm in a one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> hey, everyone, welcome back. Uh, this is me, D.B. Spitzer, the editor and producer of Articulate Warbling with Zach Ferguson. Just wanted to let you know that we're hoping to make this a full-time series and not just a backdoor pilot. So if you would like to help sponsor the show, or if you have anything that you'd be like wanting to donate to help the show keep going, let us know. PGTTCM.com and where you can reach Zach is in the show notes and also where you can buy his many books. Zach Ferguson, and you can check him out, of course, on Amazon.com, where he's got all kinds of wonderful books from Dimension Horse to What Mr. Wants, Mr. Gets. All right, back to Zach. Anyway, um, I think we can give this over to you. I'm going. Where are you going? I, I'm leaving you. you, you re review whatever you want. Talk about whatever you want, okay? Um, um, what, what, what do I do? Hello? Oh, 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 do I talk into the... Zack! Zack! Mr. Ferg... Oh. Oh. What am I meant to talk about? Christmas? Oh, Christmas Day. Oh, Christmas Day. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, uh. Oh, I really shouldn't have added that bob into my hot cocoa. Um... Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I would like to ask you to do Santa a really big favor. Be on your merry best behaviors. Please, after centuries upon centuries of being various incantations. Santa? Yes? Oh, spit it out! Gibbon! Santa? Yes. Um, uh, incarnations. I beg your pudding? Ha <laughs> ha, pudding. Ha oh, so sticky sponge pudding. Incarnations. Incarnations. Oh, 
through the centuries. Centuries. Okay, now you are going above your pay grade. Get out of here. Go, go. What did you call me? I said, you got great big asshole. Ho, ho, I do, especially after Christmas Eve. Ho, ho, anyway, through the centuries. Centuries. Through the centuries, I have been many a different incarnation. That purported and supported by what the media wishes me to look like. And I have done your bidding. But the thing that really pisses me off is Tim Allen. Who the fuck is Tim Allen think he is? Playing a space ranger, that's one thing. But playing me, Santa? Ho, ho. I mean, the first film, oh, it's a little bit nostalgic, a little bit cheerful. But the second one was an ugly piece of shit. What was that about cloning Santa? Oh, it was just ugly and masked and... And then the third one, Martin Short. <laughs> what a talent. Playing Jack Frost. If anyone were to be Jack Frost, it's Martin Short. But Tim Allen, who the fuck does he think he is? Making Santa sarcastic. Moody. I'm not moody. I'm overtly cheerful. I do have my moments where a dark cloud eats at me and the black reindeer's gnawing at my knees. Oh, Jack Frost, by an open fire, roasting Santa's great big sore nuts. Who, 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 who the fuck is Tim Allen anyway? Anyway, uh, thank you very much, Santa. No, 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 no. Oh, 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 you are very welcome. Yeah, well, um, I hope you have a really nice Christmas. Ha, <laughs> ha, you too. Wave goodbye, Timothy. Timothy, I do not give a fuck. Um, I mean, cheerio, warblers. Yeah, thank you, Santa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I wish to uh, continue in the streak of reviewing things that came uh, a year ago, the anniversary, and this one's a little less negative, it's about a very special film to my heart and many people's hearts, and the biggest question to start this off is, is have you seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? And a lot of people have said no, because it's a kid's film, it's an animated film, well it's so easy to fall upon that excuse, but, but because it's animated, you truly think it devalues it, as a defined Spider-Man movie, because, you know, then you're missing out on the most beautifully put together superhero film of all time. It is hands down a real transformative viewing experience, listeners. I think Into the Spider-Verse deserves the billions that had to be ushered onto many undeserving films at the box office, and it, though it did... Uh, accumulate a good enough box office and a resonance, especially getting the Oscar, that um, it's going to have a sequel. But it didn't make the billions that Spider-Man Far From Home did. And that film wasn't even that good. But then again, a lot of those big box office numbers are duds and just surprise hits because they tap into something at that time, an effect on a strange entertainment level that appeals to the masses. But, you know, overall, it's a one-hit wonder and never lasts in memory, and more importantly, as so. 
as those that aren't as popular or showing their success via numbers like this film really pretty much did, which surprisingly is considered a hit. My point being, these films like The Incredibles Into the Spider-Verse, they leave a mark and will imprint heavily into the tapestry of cinema and your appreciation of cinema and your viewing experiences, especially though onto you as a human. A film like Spider-Man Into Spider-Verse, a film that whilst resembles a film of its time, it, too, it, it also will be timeless. Its music choices, its commentary on society and its consumerism-driven gluttony via pop culture. It's not a negative commentary, but a total embodiment to when and why it works and why it isn't all that unhealthy to love things that are often considered dangerous in their consumptions. Music, video games, art. Art in the form of comic books, the low art form. Comic books is not a low art form, no longer. And it's in a higher art form, but still in that populist fair uh, sector of entertainment and viewership. But this film really exemplifies the power of comic books, that mythological sense of thing, but also the modern mythologies, the modern tales. Kids are not going to grow up knowing about the Grecian myths. Uh, the Minotaur, Theseus, it's going to be these movies and these characters that are going to be acknowledged. They are a continuation and evolution in as such, based upon and subjected to the eras that they grow and amass and evolve from. But it's great to love art and the varieties offered in music, film, books, comics and various and sundry, there's that word again, multimedia platforms. Into the Spider-Verse, its themes and over aesthetic, style, emotion, story is so transformative in its execution. It's relatable, even if it's ghettoized, even if it's this-ized, even if it's Americanized, it's felt, it's entertaining. And over it isn't a disingenuous experience that I feel a lot of these Marvel films are. They, they, they offer on so much, like, look, this is our message, this is that, that, and it's disingenuous and it's forced. And... This film is made out of love, a total and wholly encapsulated love from the platform, the media, the characters, the stories, the evolutions, what they can do to push technology and viewer expectation and viewer ingestion of such things. This film is pure cinema, using visuals and effects to an outstanding degree, and that youth, and that the usages are both powerful main ingredients in cinema, the visual and audio, in terms and levels of true ingenuity, it used to affect and emote, and, and emote in such powerful and amoring ways, and it does that. Here, this film is a pure personification of the love of the medium of telling stories through animation, and also through telling stories through the medium of these mythologized, larger-than-life superhero characters. And it's a great animated movie to hit our screen since the first Incredibles, with its adult themes and mature applications to tell a story in the medium of film, of pushing the medium of animation, the superhero genre in mesmeric film history and life-altering ways. It makes me cry for variation of reasons. I felt emotionally tied to this film as I did growing up and grown up with the Sam Raimi era films, which are neglected now, but they should be picked up on. Even Spider-Man 3 has a glorious heart and centre with a few bad variations and villains that are well-beloved in the comic books world and the nerd-verse. Firstly, its story and levels of dedication to telling the compelling story. Secondly, the love and craftsmanship from the animators, supervisors, the, supervisors, the producers, the writers and creators. Intimacy is this film's key word, and, and when best describing its intent and application of said intent and purpose. Intimacy with its characters and arcs and the most assuredness of its overall expectations via the most bold, brash, put culturally tapped in, funny, sexy, appealingly, experimental filmic ways. Into the Spider-Verse is probably the greatest film of the last decade for me and a year on my relationship has just evolved my love and appreciation for it it's so refreshing it's so honorable 
it's so much more than what people would give it credit for and I really hope that a viewership will not find it as it has its viewership but I wish people who have that blinkered view and opinion let that dissolve along with the strange cell animated art aesthetic that's really implemented mesmerically in within this film and it's aesthetic and it's design and it's infrastructure of uh projection visualization with the weird like drenched saturated colors and something the distorted colors that you would happen across uh, comic strips in the uh, 40s 50s when you know they, they were printed in a mass and it would leak it's just the intermaterialism of this film not just aesthetically and stylistically everything has a resonance and you can feel it comes from a place of love in in enamored emotion and i just cannot wait to see what they do with a sequel i really am a little bit hesitant towards them having a singular vision a singular director for the sequel and not these three you know almost trident this trident this this huge big trident these three spearheads that are the directors of this film <clears throat> I really like that you needed that many people to keep something as dense and as experimental as this out there. And I really love Phil Lord and Chris Miller's passion and enthusiasm and script and real dedication and passion for it. I'd even be interested in seeing them direct a Spider-Verse film, having done such masterful work within their own areas of expertise and specifically within animation themselves they started out as animators animation directors and what they did with the lego movie you know personified a certain type of film and what film can do being emblematic of what a kids film is was at the same time say, say satirically mocking that of which it's trying to capture and project itself as um into the spider-verse a masterpiece five stars out of five um and is there anything you should watch for Christmas? It's that. It's rooted in family. It's got a lot of familial ties that a lot of people could easily subject to thematics of being the personification of a festive film. I think a lot of the greatest festive films are those that aren't, but that capture a true spirit and a true centeredness when it comes to emotion and familial ties and relationships with family and being grateful and appreciative of what's there before. But this will be the final episode for this year for articulate warbling so i hope you have a very merry christmas and an even more fantastic new year and i will see you in 2020 with more indie books more artsy fartsy discussion more culture related uh, exclamations and warbles and i appreciate every single fucking one of you out there who has stuck with me this far from my writing career from my ups and downs and specifically for this podcast i'm going to have a whole load of new content that's going to go into the show next year also so much love and appreciation for db spitzer and db i will i am going to make it my goal to come visit you and spend time with you at your studio drink german beer homebrewed stuff have you cook up something nice and I just sit there basking in all of your hard work but I just want to say it does mean a lot to me that people are interested upon my opinion they're interested to engage people find it humorous they find it entertaining they find some value within it some people that can listen to my shows and go hey I'm gonna check that out or I'm gonna give this indie artist thing but next year I really want to stick to my Stick to rules, these ground rules that I want, that I want to review more artistically fashioned things, things that could be easily imbued with pretentious or within the more underground level of things instead of the mainstream things, because I don't want to pontificate on the greater mainstream things as a forced, 
preamble as a forced thing to fill up a show when, you know, when you get me, you know, sparked up by a certain conversation or topic or discussion, I can warble along, and I think that makes interesting content, but I'm going to have so many other people involved with short segments, their own little pieces, part of Articulate Warbling, because I want a whole hive of different creators to have their talks, so whether it's interviews, discussions, or guest stars, uh, it's going to be a bigger year next year. I just, you know, this is the first time I'm really given any left reference to what I'm planning for next year. DB knows a little bit, but you heard it here first. And whilst he cuts this, I bet he's uh, headbutting his desk going, I've got too many podcasts to create. I don't need any more workload. But I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And it's all love from me, the warbler, Zach Ferguson. And, uh, oh, oh, hello, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And a Merry Christmas. I've already said that, Santa. Yes, but it's different when I do it. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Articulate Wobbling. Very nice, Santa. Very, very nice. (laughs) Do not pat my back like that. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Don't be sorry. It's not a rant, it's Articulate Warbling with Zach Ferguson. Written by Zach Ferguson, produced and edited by D.B. Spitzer, recorded at Badger Strip Studios in glorious Portland, Oregon. Zach's part is, of course, recorded in Brighton, England. Want to help the show? Go to pgttcm.com. Check out what we've got. Go to Zach's shop uh, on in, in the show notes. Go to Zach's Instagram in the show notes. Find out how to help him out. And of course, Ashton Manor, Darkest Child by Kevin McLeod. So thank you so much and join us next time.